0: By the power of of Grey Skull. Popheads, welcome to issue 173 of the TomCast Popcast, coming to you from a pretty in the back room of Castle Grayskull. My name is Tom. Thank you so much for listening to this quality, independent pop culture podcast. Please be sure you're following along on social media, at Tomcast Popcast on Twitter and Instagram. You can email the show, TomCastPopcast at gmail.com. Please make sure you're liking, subscribing, and sharing the show with all your friends, family, loved ones, enemies, people who owe you 20 bucks. And uh, people who you owe 20 bucks to, I just recommend this podcast to them. I truly, truly appreciate it. Let's uh, Before we get into the show, we do have to thank the official members of Pop Nation. They're the ones who help keep the lights on, keep the bills paid, and, uh, you know, make the show better and better every time I read their names. So thank you so much to our current Patreons, the Aspen Hill Chody, the Batman of Park, Jeff Nail, Jeff co-hosting The Ring and Ear, a great music podcast, please check it out. Thanks to Evil Circle, the evilest of all circles, the Squid Master General, Brian Brissard, the New Jersey Devil, Mark Wegemer, our very own Joker and Harley Quinn, Brian and Chris of Pariah Brewing Company right here in San Diego, and coming soon to Baltimore, Maryland, and of course, the Beer Hop Brigadier General, Jesus Beer Hops. And if you would like to become an official member of Pophead Nation, you can head on over to patreon.com forward slash You can join the nation and gain access to the suite and bonus content, which, uh, now that Loki's done, the bonus content will be coming more regularly once again. Uh, sorry about that. The Loki Wednesdays were, were kicking my booty. So no time for bonus content. But now the time is back and we will have the bonus content. So yes, we are here for a uh, an, an unscheduled episode of the podcast today because, uh, listen, let's be honest, uh, uh, a reaction-based podcast has no time for schedules. So I just turned on the microphone and was like, I'm going to talk to the wonderful people who who listen to this show and support me and support the podcast and and we're gonna have a good old chat we have to get into some stuff we got to break things down uh, because he- man uh, excuse me masters of the universe revelations has dropped on Netflix as of as of Friday uh, I have watched all five episodes and I know what you're thinking and ladies I'm sorry I am married sorry sorry about it sorry about it <laughs> it's only five episodes. You all can watch it too. It's real quick, real easy. Somewhere between twenty-two and twenty-five minutes an episode. It's a piece of cake. You know, we we've talked about the show on and off over the years as it was kind of in development. Uh, you know, when Kevin Smith announced the production that was going to be on Netflix, uh, that he was heading up the show, uh, sort of serving as as the executive producer, the story editor for the show, uh, and they were they were doing a continuation of the the beloved eighties. Uh, He-Man and the Masters of the Universe cartoon and we were excited about that here in the podcast we talked about it multiple times we we shared the casting announcements uh, we talked about the trailer that was out I know I did a special Patreon show talking more about the trailer and, and um, my love for the series from the 80s because I am in that age group that grew up with He-Man and the Masters of the Universe and uh, listen I, I, I'm going to put it right here on Front Street we watched the show we loved the show We played with the toys. We loved the toys. We saw the Dolph Lundgren movie. We saw the Dolph Lundgren movie. (laughs) But He-Man love is is coursing through my veins. I I do have to admit uh, that that I don't know much of the other series that came around later on. Uh, I think there's... there's there's a supposed to be like a a series from the early two thousands that was apparently quite popular with the He-Man fan base that is far more dedicated and plugged in to it than I am, uh, but yeah I do consider myself a fan of He-Man and the Masters of the Universe and the the whole you know Mo two universe that's been con, been uh, kind of constructed over the years. Again, love those toys, love that cartoon. Remember rushing home from school to watch that cartoon, and and yeah, so it, it's it's I consider it to be in my blood. I have a, a an affinity for it. I have a nostalgia for it. Do I have, like, the great base of, of knowledge? Uh, can I tell you a Skeletor's secret origin? No. No, I can't. Um, but that's okay. I, like I said, this is a podcast for, for fans of all walks of life. And if you know more about He-Man than I do, my God, reach out. I'll have you come on the show with me. Um, but, again, like I said, we want to talk about this He-Man Revelation show because we've been talking about it leading up to the release of it, and it dropped Friday, July 23rd. It is now available. It's, it's, it's broken into parts, uh, two parts. The first five episodes that consist of part one, and those are out now, and then uh, the next five episodes that consist of part two will be out a little later on. We don't know when. There's no, no tentative release date yet. Uh, and there's also a, a Netflix uh, Man Revelations after show with, with Kevin Smith and Tiffany Smith, and, and uh, I forget the gentleman's name, but from, from Mattel, who ha- kind of heads up the Motu brand for, for Mattel. Uh, the, yes, that is the toy company, Mattel, uh, in case you were not sure what I was talking about right there. Uh, so one of the things we had to get into with the, with the series is, uh, let me let me put it right out there. I, I, I'm not going to go, I'm going to try and have a section here in the beginning uh, with no spoilers. So if you're listening this, this far, uh, we're, I'm going to keep the talk pretty basic. Uh, and then I'll, I will sound the alarm when it's time so that you know when to, to pause and come back later after you have finished watching the show. Because we do, we do have to talk about spoilers at a certain point. But I did want to give everyone sort of a chance to to kind of hear my my thoughts without the spoilers. Um, as a fan who grew up with the show from the '80s, I did really like the show. I really enjoyed it. I thought it was a, a fun, action-packed series, uh, dynamic animation, uh, some interesting character stuff with with uh, you know the, the the focus of the show. Uh, being shifted a bit to uh, what was predominantly supporting characters the first time around in 1983 when when Masters of the Universe was was debuting. Um, that has ruffled some feathers and we'll, we'll talk more about that when we get to the spoiler portion of the show. There are some people that are very upset with some of the things that happened in the show, uh, some of the directions that the show chose to go in. Uh, I think from a storytelling perspective, I don't really have a problem with with what they did in these first five episodes. And uh, you have to remember that, again, these are the first five episodes. You don't know what's coming up next, but I thought we got a hell of a cliffhanger at, at the end of episode five here. And it, you know, it seems like there's a lot of, of, of peril that these characters now find themselves in uh, because of the events of these first five episodes. And without, again, without getting too spoilery, I, I do have to say that I... Um, some of the arguments against the show I understand maybe where people are coming from uh, some of the criticisms uh, uh, particularly like if you want to if you want to make the bait and switch argument there there's a, a a fraction of a percentage of that argument that I do understand I mean, again we were given a trailer that predominantly featured He-Man versus Skeletor in battle and that was sort of what we were presented of as the series that's not what the show is uh that 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 trailer mostly consisted of of the first episode of the series which is probably the most uh, uh episode the most in line with the the previous 1980s cartoon that is one that is very much like what we saw as kids it has those kind of cartoony 80s beats to it good fun stuff in that episode but by the end of the episode uh, there's a major uh, there's a major uh, uh, change in the paradigm, in the landscape of Eternia, and without getting into the spoilers here, like you understand why they couldn't show you more than what they, you saw, because it would be you—you you would have a, a a key point of the series spoiled uh, in a trailer before the end of episode one's even out, and and so I understand why the trailer was, was um, released the way it was with the footage that it had. You know, it was there to get people excited, to get people hyped. I do sort of, again, I do sort of kind of understand why people are like, hey, wait a second, you showed us all this stuff, but that's not really what the show is. Again, I sort of kind of understand that argument. Uh, from there, though, I, I, most of the, the, the fan reviews that I've read, uh, whether on IMDb or on Rotten Tomatoes, uh, they go in, in uh, much different directions uh, that I don't, that I personally do not agree with it is up to every viewer to process the show on their own and to to take from the show what they can and 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 break it down and and, and pro- again process it your own way i think some people are taking this and processing it um <laughs> personally <laughs> if that makes any sense at all uh it it's 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 much of what we've seen from fandom over the years in in the sense that you know, people have become very, very precious about their fandoms and the, the, particularly the things they grew up with, the things from their childhood that they think fondly back on. And they remember the good old times and the good old days and, and all that stuff. And again, those are cherished memories for each and every person who, who, who looks at it. So I, 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 I by no means wish to diminish that, those, those memories and those experiences. Um, but this is a different story. This is a different story. Um, and maybe again, maybe you felt like the trailer tricked you a little bit, uh, and again, I'm not going to say that you weren't wrong about that. Um, but I I've, honestly, I really feel, again, in my personal opinion, that we should all just be excited that we have new masters of the universe. We have a new story, and one that I do feel uh, shows love and respect for these characters. And, and that's the, the cleanest way I can say it without getting too much into the spoilery territory that we're going to get into in a little bit. Again, whether you agree or disagree with me, that is okay. That is, that is, that's why we do this podcast. You know, I'm, I, I'm putting myself out there and then saying how I think and how I feel and how I'm sort of interpreting it. And you, and you all are, are 100% capable of, of interpreting it your own way. And, and if you disagree, that's okay that's completely okay and, and I'm happy to, to listen and, and and see where you're coming from and and you know it's it's all good disagreement is a good thing in, in fandom it's it's when the disagreements become um, not when they become but when they sort of devolve into into name calling and insults and, and and mean general meanness is is what we're trying to avoid you don't have to like this show that's okay we can totally disagree on it but I respect your opinion. And I I hope you are, are respecting mine, and I'm going to try and explain why I do like this show. And and uh, a, a big part of it is I think the I think the animation is dynamic and fascinating, and and it's bright and colorful and just full of kinetic energy. That's so wonderful. I really liked the characters that they that they focus on in the show. I like the little nods to the old characters that we get. We we also I mean. I can't even say anything because, again, I don't want to do, say too much that's spoilery just yet, but we get to see some characters who never even made it onto the 80s TV show, but they had a toy. They had a toy, but the show got pulled off the air before the, the the episode was to be released with that character in it. Uh, so they, there's there's all those neat touches. And, you know, I have been uh, a tad outspoken on, on, on fan service, and, you know, especially when it's excessive. I feel like this is a, a, a decent amount of fan service. Like, there's enough there to kind of get you in the door, and you're like, "Ooh, I know that. I recognize that." There are so many things in this series that I recognize as a toy that I played with, or as something from the animated series that I remembered, and and I loved all that. I thought, that, like I said, it, it was just enough of that fan service that I was I was plugged into it. And again, I was just excited to see these characters. And I did like the new interpretations of them as far as the new voice acting went. Uh, I've, I've read some criticisms of, of that as well, that people were not stoked on, on the voice cast, not trying to uh, recreate the original vocal stylings of, of the characters. Uh, and, and let me go ahead and I'm going to read the, car- the cast now because, uh, you know, why not? We talked about it in previous episodes. If you watched it, you know. But Chris, uh, Chris Wood is he Man's and Prince Adam. Uh, Michelle is Tila. Lena Heedley, Heedy, excuse me, is Evelyn. Mark's, Mark Hamill as Skeletor. Tiffany Smith is Andra. Diedrich Batter is Trapjaw, King Randor, and uh, a couple other characters. Liam Cunningham is Man-at-Arms. Susan Eisenberg is the Sorceress. Justin Long has a part in here as Roboto. Uh, Griffin Newman is Orko. Kevin Michael Richardson is Beastman. Henry Rollins is Triclops. Come on. Steven Root is Cringer in Battle Cat. And it, the list goes on and on. You have Dennis Haysbert in a role. Uh, Alan Oppenheimer, the original Skeletor, has a role in here as Mossman. Oh, is that a spoiler by saying Mossman's in the show? All right, I'm sorry. Merman's in the show, Kevin Conroy, Jason Mewes is in here. It's it's great. It's it's so many wonderful callbacks and wonderful uh, nostalgia, you know, put on on Netflix. And I loved it so, so much. I was into the show. I like the different direction it's going. Uh, I'm also fully aware it's part one. I have an idea of where I think it's going. And maybe at the end of part two, I have a different opinion when we reach the endpoint. Um, I but I don't want to. I don't want to. Speculation will come in the spoiler portion of the show. <laughs> so if you want the speculation, don't worry, that's coming too. But until I hit the alarm, uh, we can't do it. We cannot get into the spoilers just yet. But yeah, we'll talk about my thoughts on where the show may go, uh, what they've done, what what it seems like they're setting up. And and uh, and I'll be by all means I'll let you know if I agree or disagree with any of it. Um, it's going to be an interesting show. I'm I'm still sort of processing my feelings. Like like I didn't I don't think I mentioned it at the beginning, but I just watched the series, and and I wanted to come and talk to you about it. So I do apologize if, if there's a couple lulls while I sort of gather my thoughts on, on what I just saw. This is a reaction episode, which is not something we do a ton of on the podcast. Uh, you know where I watch the content and then immediately come in here with. Uh, with, with my thoughts just kind of spewing out of my mouth. You know, normally, even on the day of podcast, you know, like like when I watch Loki and do a day of release, I watched Loki like at midnight, and then I went to bed, and then I went to work, and I got to think about Loki for, you know, 12 to 15 hours before I came home to record a podcast about it. Same thing with The Bad Batch. I watch that first thing in the morning before I before I go to work, and then I have all day to sort of process my thoughts. I'm sort of processing as I'm talking to you all about the show now. So uh, hopefully I won't go back over things I've said too often. I just want to, to make sure that you all know that I'm, I'm kind of giving you my thoughts, like right, raw, raw thoughts today on, 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 on the, on the uh, Masters of the Universe Revelation series. And again, I'm really uh, uh, interested in, in all y'all's, all y'all's, <laughs> in everyone's opinion on the show, if you've taken the time to check it out and watch it, you know I know a lot of a lot of you fine folks who listen to the show. We're all about in the same age bracket, so I think a few of you like me grew up with He-Man and the Masters of the, of the Universe in the '80s with the toys and the cartoon and the Dolph Lunger movie, and and uh, so we all have thoughts and opinions and feelings on it, and and I want to hear it from everybody. So you know where to you know where to reach out to me. Um, it's it's uh, well, I don't know what show am I on. It's, it's, it's at TomCastPopCast, Twitter and Instagram easiest way If you have a big long message you want to send if you really want to get into it, it's it's TomCastPopcast at gmail.com and, and by all means uh, send me send me a heartfelt love letter of, of why you love this show or, or why you think it's it's bad and uh, why uh, why it upsets you and, and hurt your feelings and uh, undid your entire childhood. I'd, lo- I'd love to hear that too. All right, so I think at this point, I, I think I've kind of said all I can say without getting into spoilery territory. So I'm gonna sound the alarm, and after the alarm, we will indeed be in spoiler country for the show. So let's 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 hit the alarm now. By the power of Grey Skull. All right, so there you go. Uh, Just to kind of signify the differences between the two series, uh, at the opening of the episode, we gave the original 1980s He-Man transformation from Prince Adam to He-Man. This time, you get the Chris Wood version from the He-Man, I'm sorry, excuse me, from Masters of the Universe Revelations series transformation. Uh, A little bit different, but uh, the show has a wonderful score by Bear McCreary, a a fantastic uh, television composer whos whose work you know from from lost and Battlestar Galactica and so many many other shows Walking Dead the list goes on and on and on and uh, apparently he was very stoked to be the the chosen composer for the new uh, masters of the Universe series and I think he does a darn fine job not quite as 80s fied eighties fied <laughs> as that original opening is but hey good stuff nonetheless and um, you know that's another thing I want to talk about too real quick the uh, 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 Prince Adam in this series, uh, very much a physical opposite of He-Man. Played up like the prince, the teenaged Prince Adam that he is supposed to be, as opposed to just a a, uh, a paler version of He-Man uh, as he was in the 80s cartoon. I mean, like I... I, I you know, I think there was a couple episodes where Skeletor was was convinced that they were the same person because they had the exact same build, just different clothes. <laughs> so, a little bit of a mystery there for, for for Eternia to to live behind, much like Clark Kent's glasses. Uh, it was it was a He-Man wearing a t-shirt was was uh, was the ultimate disguise on Eternia. So, uh, yeah, I, I liked that physical difference there. But let's get into the big spoiler that we talked about at the, at the beginning of the show. One of the reasons why I think that that opening trailer that we saw. Could only show what it showed. Uh, because at the end of that first episode, they fucking killed He-Man. He-Man, Prince Adam, Skeletor, dead. Gone. Now, that being said, there is no body. So, in comic book parlance, uh, that doesn't mean death is death. But they are off the board for, for this, this first part of the series. For basically episodes 2 through 5. Uh, uh, we don't get, get Skeletor, and, and we don't get He-Man... Uh, we and and until episode you know five, we don't get Prince uh, Prince Adam either. Oh, and then then we do get Skeletor back in that episode too. But again, that that's what two, three, and four right there with none of them. Uh, so you have to focus on a different character. Like that is sort of what we're talking about here. People are pissed off because He Man's not in the show for these for these first five episodes really, and it, other than the first episode, there is no He Man other than other than flashbacks. Ah, uh, there are flashbacks as as Tila is recalling uh, previous adventures with He-Man uh, when they would face off against Skeletor and, and and the minions of Snake Mountain, and it's really well done and it's really really neat. And I like that part of it. And I sort of like that uh, He-Man, his death in the in the in the first episode, uh, it changes Eternia and it raises the stakes in a way that we've never seen in the a Masters of the, of the Universe cartoon before, because now all of a sudden. With Skeletor's plan to get into Skull and, and you begin to pull back the layers of mystery around Skull and uh, this orb of, of, of magic power that, that sort of uh, gives Eternia its life and magic to the universe and, and allows the universe to exist, uh, now that that orb has been destroyed and He-Man had to sort of encapsulate the, the, that power to, to keep everyone alive. He uses the sword of power, splits it in two, and, and sort of harnesses the power to save everyone. But in the in the process, he sacrifices himself and Skeletor in the process uh, to save everyone. But it, it costs Eternia magic. And not just magic on Eternia, but throughout the universe. And and Eternia is slowly dying. Uh, they, no one really realized that was going to be the, the consequence of, of what they did. Uh, but that's, that seems to be the way it's going, and thus the universe will will sort of end at the same time. Um that's if He-Man doesn't do what he did. I, I, I misspoke a little bit. He, but magic's gone. Let's put it that way. Magic is gone after He-Man does what he does. He saves the world, he saves the universe, but now magic's gone. And it changes the landscape of Eternia uh, it, it, in, in, in very interesting and fascinating ways that I really, really enjoyed. Uh, but what happens in that, in that uh, uh, scene is that Tila, for the first time, learns the secret that Prince Adam is in fact He-Man. So our, our, our revelation title comes in, in two different forms. It is the revelation of what is beneath Castle Skull, where the power comes from, what the castle's been guarding, keeping from Skeletor for all these years, and the revelation to, to Tila that her, her best friend kept from her the biggest secret, and that other people were in on the secret, but not her. And uh, it, 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 uh, that stings. There, that's, there's a, a hurtness to that. So even in the face of, of Adam's death, uh, she feels betrayed by, by him and, and by that revelation to herself. And that's sort of like where we start the show uh, because that's kind of where episode one ends with magic leaving Eternia, man-at-arms banished from the kingdom, and, and Tila quits. She's about to get be promoted, become the become uh, the master at arms, basically for the Eternian Guard, and as uh, she quits because of all the lies and the secrets that they all keep from each other, and next when, when next we catch up with Tila in episode two, uh, she's doing mark, mark work, and uh, re, you know recovering artifacts and, and you know we, we get this is how we get to see a new landscape for Eternia, this one with, uh, that's free of magic now and how it's affected the people and affected uh, the the planet in general. And with Skeletor gone, what's what's kind of come up in the rise, and, and you know in in the absence of magic, uh, Triklops has instituted the rise of technology, and has sort of uh, created like a, like a techno cult that uh, you know you drink from the sacred chalice and it poisons you and turns you into like a I don't know a, a robot person-y thing, a cyber person. It's a it's a very unique process. I don't quite understand all of it, uh, but you come become like a techno organic kind of being at that point. Uh, very comic book-like, if I do say so myself. Uh, but Triclops is a pretty badass villain, so I like seeing him in this role as sort of like this cult leader. And then then they're going around and they're, and they're trying to destroy the last of the magic relics that are on Eternia. And so I like this new landscape for Eternia and, and this uh, this this new take on the planet that we'd never seen before. And I liked the new look for, for Tila as she's out on her own as a mercenary, still uh, upholding the, the, the right things, but she's uh, sort of I don't know if bitters the right word I want to use but she's like she she is uh, uh damaged from from uh the lies and from the secrets that were kept from her and that sort of propels her on her on on her journey as she kind of goes from town to town taking on mission after mission to get to get money and to live a life and to do all these things um you know to live a life off the radar she's kind of like cane from kung fu at this point just you know rolling from town to town doing good deeds when she can and trying to get trying to get by uh it's at this point she takes on a mission for Evil Inn. but Evil Inn's in disguise. She doesn't know, but she knows. At least she figures it out like halfway through because she has to get that that chalice back from Triclops and that that's our second episode right there. Uh and that again because of this new landscape for Eternia and that so many of these characters are are powered by magic like Evil Inn, like Orco, uh we get to find we find ourselves in a position where uh characters that are usually you know, very black and white, good guy, bad guy, uh, now are are sort of, they have their, their, their um, sort of aligned with their goals. And it makes for some really interesting stuff because there were episodes in the 80s where, he, I, I think there one in particular where uh, uh, it was Evelyn and Tila, and I believe they were stranded in the desert together, and they had to work together to survive. Uh, this is sort of like that, uh, in that these characters have to come together because... If they don't bring back the magic to Eternia, then, then things are going to get way, way worse. And we find out that because there's no magic in Eternia, like Orko is actually dying and, and, and bad things are, are kind of happening. Like, you, you know, Even in the void of, of Skeletor, Triclops is, is still a threat and he's doing bad things to people that, uh, that shouldn't be happening. So there's sort of a power vacuum on the good guys and the bad guys' side. Uh, one criticism I have of the series is that once we leave the kingdom, uh, we don't go back to it, so we don't know what the kingdom looks like in this world without magic. We don't check back in with the king and the queen, see how they are processing the death of their son, and uh, that's I think that's an unfortunate uh, consequence of sort of the condensed nature of the series. Um, but they, they, you know, again, they're they're packing a lot in here with with Tila, and um, and her relationship with Man at Arms, and their their sort of struggle to come back together and And you have um, I'm forgetting the character's name already is, it's Andra uh, who is Tila's partner basically on these adventures. She's sort of like the tech person uh, uh, to you to borrow some Marvel parlance uh, it's 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 like she's the the guy in the chair <laughs> for lack of a better expression. but yeah, she handles tech stuff for for Tila and and the, the story is her journey and her kind of processing her feelings about everything because she's being forced to bring back magic, this one thing that sort of upended her life to begin with. And now she's put in a position where she has to bring it back for the betterment of the world. And and that forces her to confront herself and her demons in a, in a unique way. Uh, particularly when they go to the underworld and, and they confront Scareglow. Oh, Scareglow's in the show too! Another spoiler alert. But yeah, I mean, it's a whole journey. They have to go... And they're gonna re. We have to. They have to find the two halves of the of the sort of power, so they can put it back together and, and and restore the balance back to Eternia and to the to the universe itself. That's sort of like the bold overarching quest. But there's a lot of little character things. Again, we talked about Tila and Man at Arms being at odds with each other at the beginning of the series. And again, you're 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 dealing with, uh, Inn And how far do you trust her? And what are her motivations? Are you sure she's not just manipulating you? Um. For her own gains, you know, Beast Man is part of this loyalty to Evelyn, uh, so he sort of aligns with Man at Arms and Tila and everybody else as well. So you have this really interesting uh, dynamic of characters from the from the old series that have to work together in a way that we've never seen them do before, which I think is really interesting. And again, Tila's emotional journey and emotional arc I think is 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 a a strong driving force for the show. Again, I go back to some of the criticisms. And, and um, some of the fan reviews, you know, they, they call Tilo whiny. They call her the B word. There's a lot of uh, accusations of the show existing for the sake of wokeness. And, uh, and, and I, I disagree. I disagree. I think they're telling a different story here. And, and you can start to, see, start to see that story unfold as the episodes go on. But I'm not sure how much these, these uh, you know, these reviews are saying they watched the first five, but I'm not sure they did. Because they, they 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 would say little things that are like I don't think you watched the fifth episode. <laughs> they just had to get on the internet and start their start their their rant and their tirade without seeing kind of where the story goes and where it sort of progresses to, and that is unfortunate. Again, if if you are of of this, of that is if that's your mindset and you're that's where you're coming from. You know that's okay. you' again, I, your your opinion is your opinion, and I'm not here to persuade you otherwise. I'm simply here to tell you why I like the show, and why I think other people could like the show, uh, because I think there's enough th- enough story based uh, uh, things to grab onto. And again, if you're there for He Man, you are going to be disappointed, and you're you're probably going to be upset for for the for this series, and not like what this series does in that regard. And and the only consolation I can I can tell you is. Um, well, I don't have any consolation to tell you honestly, because I, uh, I don't know what's coming in, in the final five episodes of the season. But let's hope that uh, that that there's more going on for He-Man in those in those next five, because I think I don't think Prince Adam's story is done by any means. If we skip ahead to the final fi- or to the fifth episode of the season, uh, where Prince Adam comes back from the afterlife, he's in this afterlife pre-ternia, uh where he's with the other champions of Eternia. And the interesting thing to note there, which is a lot about Adam as a character, is that they're all there, all these, all these prior champions of Eternia, including King Greyskull himself, uh, sort of like the originator of all this. Uh, they're there in their their form as the champion of Eternia. So like they're they're all kind of like, you know, hulked up He Man's right, uh, except for Prince Adam, who who has chosen his quote unquote lesser form of that of, of the smaller. Of more frail Prince Adam, as opposed to being He-Man in the afterlife, Uh, and and he makes the decision when he finds out that uh, the sacrifice he made uh, is isn't uh, as you know all good for everyone as he would hoped it would be. Uh, He makes the decision to to try and come back from the afterlife to help his friends complete their mission, and and again to sort of restore that balance, restore. Eternia to its proper place, you know, kind of bringing the life back, bringing the the force, the magic forces back to the planet that kind of brought life to the planet. Uh, and that's when things go awry for Prince Adam once again, as they, the the quest for the two swords. I I'll get into it a little bit more deeply, uh, but as Prince Adam comes back from the afterlife, he puts the swords together and he's going to say the words, and he gets to about as far as "By the power of Greyskull and he starts seeing life come back to Grey and life come back to parts of Eternia, and and. Uh, Triclops and his forces freak out and start running away, and and uh, you hear a rattling in the bag, in Evelyn's little bag, and it, it's 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 the, it's the the skull from from Skeletor's staff, and and uh, oops, next thing you know, he can't Prince Adam can't finish the words because uh, he's got a spear through his body, through his torso, as a Skeletor has impaled him, and uh, <laughs> so you get to watch Prince Adam maybe die twice now i say that full well knowing that like it didn't appear to be a mortal wound uh but i don't know what state we're going to find prince adam in when we, when we get back into part two of the, of the series but that's when skeletor steps forward to reveal that he's kind of been not manipulating but sort of along for the ride and and when he sees his opportunity to rally himself he steps forth to seize power he takes the sword of power he says the words and he skeletor does the unthinkable Something we would not seen, at least in my memory, of, of the main cartoon series from the 80s to this one. Uh, I don't know about the ones in between. But he, Skeletor, becomes the master of the universe and larges, looms largely over Eternia as the show fades to black and, and we have to wait for the next five episodes. Uh, so yeah, we get to see uh, potentially Prince Adam die twice. No He-Man return in episode five. Will He-Man return in the second half of the series? I don't know. I don't know. People are attacking uh, the show based on the fact that He Man's not in it. Uh, I think it is important to note the distinction that this show is not called He Man in the Masters of the Universe. It is called Masters of the Universe. And I don't know. Uh, I'm going to save the speculation for, for a little bit later. Uh, but I don't know what the future has in store for He Man. Um,. And we'll, we'll play the Speculation Game in a little bit. I did want to talk a little bit more about the two halves of the Sword of Power because I did like those little quests that they had to go on where they had to go to the Underworld and and, and, and face off against... Uh, uh, was, this, was it Skeleg- Skeleglo or so. <laughs> I already forgot his name. The the other Skeletor. Uh, Scareglow, thank you, my goodness. Uh, Scareglow in the Underworld who has the, the dark side of the, of the Sword of Power. And then they have to go to the Afterlife to get the uh, the... the the light side of the sword, which Adam has with him, uh, for reasons. Because I guess probably because he took it with him through the portal when he was uh, saving everyone in, in in his death. So he t- he took it with him to the afterlife. So that's when that's when they find him, and they find all the prior champions of Eternity at the same time. Uh, very interesting stuff there. I liked those little quests. I liked those little journeys. I liked uh, these characters spending time in the afterlife and being forced to confront things in a different way, uh, sort of examining death. Uh, in a, in a new way that these characters have never had an opportunity to do, on the original series. And uh, again, I think that's the thing about this show that has uh, that has me interested in it more than anything else. Is like it's, it's it appears to be a show with stakes. Uh, you know, Adam makes the choice to return to help his friends, uh, and in fact, his decision probably dooms them, uh, because Skeletor is able to seize the day, despite the fact that we are very strongly being led to believe that uh, Tila will in fact be the next champion of Eternia and will, will be the protector of the, of the planet and, and uh, you know the guardian of the masters of the universe and all, all that good stuff all the all the all the, all the, all the, all the top billing would, will go to Tila that seems to be the shift that we're witnessing is that going to be what happens is that going to be what sixth landing I definitely sort of kind of believe so <laughs> but that and that's again that's where people are getting mad at this series that it's not a He-Man show it's a Tila show and again, if you're there for He-Man, yes, you are gonna be upset and disappointed, and and I don't I don't have a, a, a lot of consolation for you other than I, 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 I try, give it a shot, you know, and, and and see if you like the story or not. If if you're gonna be upset that uh, that He-Man and Prince Adam's role is is uh, diminished and and he's removed as the champion, yeah, this isn't this isn't gonna be the show for you, and and that's okay. Not everything is. Not everything has to be for you. It's. 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 There's so much content out there, and you'll always have the '80s show you can go back and rewatch. You can always go back and watch that Dolph Lundgren movie with Frank Langella as Skeletor, and just have a good time watching uh, Monica from Friends and Tom Paris from uh, Star Trek Voyager running around, and uh, you know <laughs> there was Principal Strickland from Back to the Future. It's a great time. Just go watch Dolph Lundgren. Uh, <laughs> Again, I, I I only I don't say that to to tease. I just I'm warning you. I'm letting you know out there like yeah, maybe this isn't going to be the show for you because this definitely seems to be the track that we're on, that we're shifting to Tila as the champion. And again, I I, I can't not address the criticism uh that people are saying like, "Well, what the hell? There's already a She-Ra show." Yes, there's a Shiro show and it's a great show by the way. It's it's absolutely fantastic. If you even watch that on Netflix. It's it's super super good and and wonderful and and charming and delightful and, and full of all those 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 things that I love about the things that I love. So but yeah, I mean I don't know. I guess I just don't see the I don't see, I guess I just don't see the the point of arguing. And I think it's because my comic book brain has been trained for these things. I see this all the time. I I, I read comic books like this all the time where the title character hands the, hands the passes the torch. Now, granted, in comic books, it doesn't last. You always get Bruce Wayne back as Batman. You always get Steve Rogers back as Captain America. You always get Peter Parker back in the Spider-Man costume. You know, it, it always goes back to form at some point. Will that be the case with this show? I don't know. I don't know what the future holds. I know that oftentimes when it comes to fandoms, the, the the percentage of, of fandom that's the most vocal on the internet is actually a f- insanely small percentage of the fandom. But I ca- I can't speak for everyone. I can only speak for myself. and and I think the show is worth checking out. Like I said, it's five episodes long. They're twenty two to twenty five minutes. If you don't like it, you don't like it. But I don't think you're 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 on. It's not like you're on the hook for you know ten hour long episodes and then you decide you hate it. I think you'll have a good feel for the story. And if you're either in or you're out. And that's all that that's all we can do with these shows. And trust me, I have plenty of shows that I'm out on too. I that I'm just like that's not for me. That is not my cup of tea. That is not my jam. Uh, but I think this one, this one has done enough to keep me interested. And I really liked the the final episode with Adam getting stabbed through the torso, and and Skeletor taking the sword of power and us getting to see something we've never seen before. Skeletor saying the words, the the, the power words, the words of power. Excuse me. And and becoming the master of the universe, I, I thought it was awesome. I thought it was super fucking cool, and I can't wait to see what they do in the back half of these episodes. Whether it's Adam resting up and healing and being able to become He-Man again, or it's it's again a passing of the torch to Tila and she becomes the next champion of Eternia, I don't know. Uh, we we'll, we will see, and and I will when, when it happens, when and if it happens. I will come back and do another reaction episode, and, and I will give you my honest feedback if I if I bought it, or if it felt forced, or or any of that. Right now, I'm I'm along for the ride, and I'm willing to I'm willing to give them the next five episodes to uh, to convince me that that what they seem to be doing is gonna work and gonna make sense, and and that's something I'm 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 very intrigued by. And you know I think it was an episode two, maybe no I'm sorry it might have been episode three, uh, the the one that was focused on a man at arms. Where uh, he has something that he's trying to tell Tila, uh, but he's basically shushed by Evelyn uh, because she's like, "Hey, we have things to do. We don't have time for this confession stuff," you know. And and so you have to wonder what that conversation is. What's that gonna be? What how will that pertain to the second half of the series? Like I said, I do think they are going this route. Tila, the new champion for Eternia, He Man will be, for lack of a better word. Uh, uh Retired, as the, as the champion, uh, perhaps that means, perhaps that doesn't mean what we think it means in the in the sense that like Adam is dead. Uh, perhaps that just means he gets to go back to being Prince Adam and and being a, a teenage boy and growing up and becoming the future ruler of Eternia. Uh, I don't know. I don't know for sure how they're going to handle all that stuff. But again, I'm intrigued. I'm interested. And I'm, not, I'm definitely not going on social media and attacking the creators of the show uh, for, for wokeness and for social justice stuff and, and all that stuff that I, I sort of think is um, uh, hooey and malarkey. <laughs> Again, if you're upset with the show and you don't like it, that's cool. Um, but trying to decipher the motivations and throw a bunch of labels onto the creators of the show that, uh, and, and, and accuse them of destroying your childhood I think is uh, unkind and uncool. So uh, I I hope I hope listeners of this podcast are are at least respectful enough to uh, if you're gonna if you're if you want to have a, a discourse with the, with a creator online please be polite and, and civil and you maybe you'll get an answer back if you approach it from that that tact uh, I would not go half off I would not go off half cocked and and attack them and and call them names that doesn't seem like a good way to to, to generate conversation and. You know, I know Kevin Smith is a very uh, verbose, vocal person. I suspect he will be talking a lot about these first five episodes over the next week or two. And and we'll, we'll maybe we'll have more insight into the thought process here of what they're doing with the series and where they're planning on going with it. But again, I'm along for the ride. I was intrigued by enough stuff. I was absolutely... Uh, let me talk about real quick about some of my highlights. I was delighted by several voice performances in, in the series, uh, particularly Lena, Heade, Lena Headey as Evil Lynn, Liam Cunningham as Man-at-Arms, fantastic. I, I was really blown away with, with those two performances. They were, they were definitely my favorite. I was uh, also pleasantly surprised by, uh, by Griffin Newman as Orko. Uh, there are moments where, like, I remember in my childhood, even as a child, there are moments where, like, you wanted to, you wanted to kill Orko. Uh, but there are, there are a couple parts in this series where uh, uh, Griffin Newman uh, puts a certain nuance into Orko that we never knew was there. And and uh, you actually have, have like a little pathos for the character uh, as he's talking about. I don't I don't want to get too much. Well, we are in spoiler territory, but yeah, he's he's getting into his whole deal about him being a buffoon and being a disappointment to uh, his his parents and, and 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 sort of like that self destructive nature that he now has because of the lack of confidence that he got because of that. It, it's it's really interesting stuff. There's good stuff in there. I really liked it. I thought Orca was a really interesting character and has a has a strong little. Uh, developmental arc in episode four. Uh, four? Three. I think it's in... Ep- no, it's in four. <laughs> so, <laughs> sorry, they're a little jumbled because I can eh, watch them all together. I'm that cool. And yeah, good good stuff in the voice performances. I always enjoy Rollins doing anything, so him as Triclops is great. Steven Root brings a lot of heart and soul as a, as a, as a as Cringer and Battlecat. Actually, I don't think Battlecat even talks in these first five, so he's mostly just Cringer in it. Uh, Mark Hamill is always fa- is he, he's always fire. Uh, his Skeletor has, has definitely has a little Joker in him, but there's more to it than that. Uh, just kind of roll the lines over and over, and, and kind of hear the fun he's having with it in a way he doesn't necessarily do. Trust me, he has fun being the Joker, uh, but the delivery is a little different, and and again more nuance uh, in, the, in that performance. But I like him as Skeletor quite a bit, and uh, yeah, I liked Chris Wood as He-Man and Prince Adam. Sarah Michelle Gellar. Sarah Michelle Gellar, I think, is the only one that I had a little bit of an issue with, and I think that's mostly my fault because I have, I just whenever I hear, I hear Sarah Michelle Gellar, I just, I just go to Buffy, and so I think that's, that's, that's my brain, and I think if I watch the series a couple more times, I think by the, especially by the fifth episode though, I was getting more used to it, more acclimated to uh, her delivery and the way she was saying the lines, and, and, and her voice coming out of Teela's mouth. So that one I think is on me. But again, my, my favorites are, are, are Lena Headey and and uh, yeah Liam Cunningham. They were my two favorites in the in the series for the voice voice acting. I they were absolutely fantastic. Oh, and also a, a lovely a lovely appearance of, from Kevin Conroy as Merman. So so good. And and for all you Kevin Smith fans, uh, Jason Jason Mewes is Stingcore in this. So check that one out too. <laughs> all right, so let's get out of here. I don't know if I have much else to say about the show. I'm intrigued. I'm, I'm on board. I'm with it. I want to watch the next five and see where the story ends up. If you're upset with it, I understand where you're coming from. By all means, uh, uh, share your thoughts with me. Let's 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 have a discourse. Let's uh, uh, I know I'm a little slow on Twitter sometimes, but by all means hit me up. It's at Tomcast podcast, Twitter, and Instagram. Uh, email the show if you want to get into like a longer conversation. By, by all means, please send me an email. It's TomCastPodcast at gmail.com. I will be happy to read and write you back as soon as I can. And and yeah, it's all it's all good. I I'm I'm really stoked that there's a there's a new Masters of the Universe show on, and I think it looks good, and I think it has solid storytelling to it. And so yeah, I'm definitely gonna watch these next five, and I might even I might even watch these first five over again because I did think there was some cool stuff, and I want to kind of pick up some of the more subtle things that might have been in these episodes, and, and kind of see if it uh, changes my opinion on anything in a, in a good or bad way, you know. I'm not saying that this show couldn't lose me in the next five episodes, but for right now, it has me, and I hope you all give it a, give it a fair shake. Again, I I do have to say, if if you're in in it for the He-Man aspect of it alone, I think you will be disappointed, and and um, that's that sucks. I know that sucks, and uh, I just I just hope you'll give it a try. And if it doesn't work for you, it doesn't work for you, and that's okay. Don't worry about that. That's. Not everything's for us anymore, and I've learned that I've learned that the hard way with several shows, and we, we you know we've talked about some of this stuff on the podcast in the past. But again, for right now, these first five episodes have me, so I'm going to send you out of here uh, with with, an, with another quick thank you to the official members of Pophead Nation. Without them, the show doesn't exist. You can join up for the join up for the nation at Patreon.com forward slash Tomcast You will get access to the bonus content. Thank you to our current patrons: the Aspen Hill Chody, the Batman of A Park, Jeff Nail. Jeff co in The Ring Check that show out. Thanks to Evil Circle, the evilest of all circles. I sort of wonder if Skeletor is in that evil circle as well. I kind of wonder. The Squidmaster General, Mr. Brian Broussard, the New Jersey Devil, Mark Wegemer, our very own Joker and Harley Quinn, Brian and Krista, Pariah Brewing Company right here in San Diego, California, and coming soon to Baltimore, Maryland, and of course, the Beer Hop Brigadier General, Jesus Beer Hops. All right. Please, like, subscribe, share the show. We're on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, Google Play, Pandora, Audible, Amazon, and so many, many more. And if you can, take the time, leave us a five-star review. Those are the best ways to help small independent shows like us. Sorry to slap my leg really loudly. (laughs) So please, by all means, uh, uh, give us five-star reviews. They are the best. Thank you so, so much. And uh, we're going to sign off a little bit differently today because we are doing a He-Man-based episode. Uh, You may remember, we've talked about it a little bit on the show, the Dolph. Lundgren, Masters of the Universe movie, at the end of that flick when they're going back to Eternia from Earth through the, the magic keyhole portal thingies that they got from the, the dancing talking troll guy uh, remember, like, like they tell Monica from Friends and Tom Paris from Voyager, on Eternia we don't say goodbye, we say good journey don't, don't say goodbye say good journey so call him Sawmonger. Uh. Call your champion. So the tribe drops its third straight on this trip, six to one to the Rangers. For the Indians, one run on. Let's see, one hit. That's all we got. One goddamn hit. You can't say goddamn on the air. Don't worry, nobody's listening anyway. We're not gonna be fucking sunk this year. We're the Stanley Cup champions. Yeah. And I'm a big fan of your beer, too.